Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast. We're back again with another episode of the Pre-Match Social. I'm back with our regular panel of guests from the VBB football crew. We've got AJ, Yaro and Carl. How are you doing, boys? Hello, Hello, mate. Yeah, good. Good, mate. Yeah, good. Excellent, excellent. Also joining us this week, special guest, we've got Ollie Williams, local reporter. How are you doing, Ollie? Doing well, mate. Excellent, excellent. Good to have you on. Uh, After your... uh, Brilliant article about the Villa Talks podcast and the Leamington Courier. Uh, as AJ said, we're we're big in Leamington apparently, so uh, that's that's news for everyone. You know, but we're getting there. Next, next is national coverage, I think. Well, if if it's on Twitter, then it's international coverage already, isn't it? <laughs> True. Yes, international coverage indeed. Yes, we're we're going to become world famous very soon. Uh, but this week, obviously, we're going to be uh, scouting Tottenham. Just lost three 0 to Dinamo Zagreb. Um, and struggled big time in that game. Uh, we got them up on Sunday. So we're going to have our usual in-depth preview of the game, see what the guys think about Tottenham, about Villa, and how we need to uh, match up against them. We've got our normal Stato corner with our Stato himself, AJ, who's going to be giving us the, the breakdown and lowdown on Tottenham uh, and Aston Villa, uh, and obviously Meg's watch as well, which will be back for the second week running. Uh, and then we'll uh, listen to the guys about some of their memories and uh, of uh, Tottenham games in the past. So it uh, should be an interesting one again. Uh, let's start off with uh, AJ. AJ, your, uh, your thoughts on, on Tottenham before we, we'd, we'd go deep diving into the, to the stats. Uh, well, um, obviously I've been looking at them uh, this week in terms of the stats and stuff. They've been, we'll, we'll talk about it as we go through, they've been a bit up and down and, before tonight, I was going to talk about how Arsenal game aside, they've been on a bit of an up, but obviously they've they've now lost two in a row. Although worth noting, there were a few changes uh, tonight to the to the side that I'd expect them to play in the in the league. Um, I think the, the they've obviously got a lot of very good uh, attacking players, and Mourinho relies on them quite heavily. So sets up defensively, um, makes him makes his side tough to beat and then relies on the quality of Kane, Son, and then more recently Bale and, and Mara as well to uh to create really from from uh whatever chances whatever chances they get. So for all they're a bit up and down in terms of their form as as we have been, they're still a pretty formidable side with a lot of good good players. So uh, it, it's gonna be a tough game for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I mean, just look at their squad today, and yes, they made some changes against Dinamo Zagreb, but their bench was just full of quality. And I mean, some of them were nowhere near. You know, yes, we're we're vying for very similar positions in the league, uh, but you know, look at our squad and look at their squad. You know, they've got the likes of Ndombele, you know, Regulon, Bale, all on the bench, ready to come on for them, and they've still got a really strong first 11 out albeit it's uh, it's changed from the weekend so shows you the le- so it shows you the level of pre- premier league that there is and and obviously what we're trying to attain to but you know definitely a team have been up and down this season albeit they've they've done well in the league recently uh and that loss against arsenal would have hurt quite a lot and then obviously the loss tonight as well It'll be interesting to see how they how they match up against us on Sunday and what kind of spurs we we face uh, under Mourinho. It's been a, an interesting one. And we'll be talking, obviously, in terms of stats as well, how AJ will be sort of going, going into how Tottenham play under Mourinho and looking at the stats behind that as well. So that should be an interesting one. But just before we, we go on to that, Yaro, uh, Villa, a bit of a 
bit of an awful performance really against Newcastle United. 1-1 draw, a late flurry of goals for, for both sides. Not the best performance, not the best result. Uh, deserved draw really for Newcastle and probably could have really nicked it in the end. What have you made of, of Villa lately with that Jack? And um, you know what, what do you expect to see on, on Sunday in terms of lineup and 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 performance from from Villa do you think do you think Smith would have got in into the team and, and do you expect a reaction yeah I mean just to, to address uh, recent performances first of all um I mean for me the sad thing is just it's just the entertainment factor has completely gone and that first well actually no the entire game against Newcastle it, it, it sort of reminded me of um do you, does anyone remember when Alex McLeish was our manager? And um, I think there was a Boxing Day game against Stoke that was televised for some reason. And it was Pulis v McLeish. And it was just one of the worst spectacles of football I've ever seen. Um, the Newcastle game had me kind of harking back, not, not harking back fondly, but, you know, it had it sort of uh, reminded me of the feelings I had during those sorts of games. And and I don't think I don't think it's a... It's a sign that we're heading down any any kind of you know boring path with Smith. I think Grealish will come back in. I think players will find their feet again. There's clearly an issue with confidence and and just sharpness of thought at the minute, and you know passes going astray. I think that stuff will come back, but right now, yeah, I mean it's it's sort of not there. There's that you know I've I've never felt over the course of a season my sort of feelings towards the, the my sort of sense of uh, enjoyment. Uh, towards the team sort of uh, fluctuating so dramatically. Um, there was that period over Christmas, New Year, up until up to January, where every time I sat down to watch us, it was I, I was just on the edge of my seat because we, we, were, we were constantly creating opportunities. And Newcastle, I was slumped back in my sofa. I was starting WhatsApp conversations with other friends about other topics uh, just, to, just to distract myself from the game, really. So, yeah, um, I, I really hope that, um, that yeah, that, that entertainment factor comes back first and, first and foremost. Um, in terms of the Spurs game, um, I guess the, the big question is, is Jack back? Um, I do, even if Jack isn't back, I do expect a bit of a reaction. And I, I say that mainly based on the opposition. We do, we do tend to up our game when we have, you know, one of the big six, big seven, whatever they're calling it these days, one of the, one of the elite, um, sort of come, come play us. Leicester were the exception. I don't know if you count them, them as elite. Um, but yeah, um, I, I expect, I expect a, a stronger performance than we've seen recently. I expect us to give them a decent game. Um, but my head still says they'll probably just edge us out. A bit early for predictions, yeah, Yaro. We don't want to do that at the end of the show, mate. You've gone, you've oh, gone uh, early. I, I, you've gone early. I, 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 I've given a hint towards my prediction, but I haven't given you a scoreline or any detail. So yeah, I'll, I'll hold that for when I make it up on the spot. Maybe you'll give us a swerve at the end and just completely surprise us. Uh, Maybe I'll go twenty-seven nil. Keep keep listening to find out, guys. Uh, Carl. Yeah, Yara mentioned there about the entertainment factor with Jack missing. Um, I mean, I've seen some fans comment on this uh, on Twitter uh, about us being Grealish FC, which obviously is true to, to some extent. But Dee Smith is known for his attacking brand of football. He's obviously become a bit more pragmatic about his approach in terms of, you know, how we set up and our shape. And, you know, we were a bit naive last year. And obviously, much better and d- defensively solid this year. Do you think that we've gone too much the one way in terms of being too defensive and, and it's nullified our attacking threat? Or do you think it's just that the fact that we don't have the same quality as Jack available and it was always going to happen because there's such a such a gap between, you know, the, the quality that Jack has and then our our backup wingers and backup players in the attacking areas? 
Well, I mean, the whole Jack Grealish FC thing is a load of nonsense, really, isn't it? It's it's just what they're saying is is that we have one of the best players in the country, if not the world, playing for us, and his replacement is, and you know, I, I like him, but his replacement is Al Ghazi. Of course, we're going to feel that effect. Um, so yeah, I mean, any 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 team's going to uh, miss a player of Jack's quality. Um, so you know, and we're not a one man team, um, but. Um, Without him, we look a completely different team, uh, and I don't. I'm not convinced it's because Dean Smith set up more defensively. Um, I just think we miss Jack's quality. Um, the like, we're, we're, yeah, I was right. There's the um, the entertainment um, values dropped, um, and you know, you, 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 you ignore that if you if you manage to uh, manage to put teams like Newcastle away, but they they could have quite easily come away with beating us um, uh, on the weekend. Um, I um, we, In the last pod, we were talking about plan B and should we have a plan B? Um, I think that might have been a bit um, soon because our plan A is not quite working at the moment. Um, what we need to do is make sure that um, that's right. And Jack in the team is very much part of plan A. Um, I don't know whether he's back on Sunday. I mean, as he as one of his fingernails grown a bit too long so he's whilst he's on the pitch he's not quite right again I don't know um I I'm not I'm not looking forward to Sunday um if Jack plays you know I I fancy our chances um if he doesn't I worry a little bit yeah I mean I think I think most people feel the same Ollie um what I mean, if it was if you were Dean Smith, judging by what's happened in recent weeks, uh, obviously we've had a good result against Leeds, but you know, bookmarked, uh, you know, either side of that is you know poor results uh, and poor performances really against the likes of Sheffield United, against the likes of uh, Newcastle, and obviously that poor second half against the Wolves as well. What what kind of changes would you be looking to make uh, against Spurs? Assuming Jack is out, I mean, would you be looking to change up the midfield, the attacking lineup, formation? Do you think Barkley deserves a spot? What's your thinking around how we need to improve and what, what kind of impact Dino can make on the team? I'm not, I'm not sure if Barkley deserves a spot necessarily, but uh, we're just lacking that spark. And you look at that bench and you look at the squad and an informed Ross Barkley is that player who can have that result. So I think in Dean Smith is probably just hoping that he can get a tune out of Ross Barkley, not just for this game coming, but then for the rest of the season, hopefully. I mean, we brought Ross Barkley in and the idea was that he was there to kind of add that quality and give Jack that support um, with the sort of same or similar level of quality. He hasn't really done it overall. He's done it in bits and bobs, but that's probably what I'm hoping. Well, that's probably what I think Dean Smith is probably hoping for. And I want him to start Ross Barkley. I think he needs to sort of show in these last however many games that he can, you know, he can push us on and, and give us that spark without Jack in the team. And maybe if Jack does come back, maybe we can get some good results and get a good run going and, possibly push on for that sixth or seventh place that we, we can still aim for. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one. I think, you know, obviously, Smith has relied 
heavily on the likes of Barkley to to step up and and make a difference when Jack has been out and it hasn't happened. Um, he's lost. I think he's lost trust in him. To be honest, I think that's why he's been on the bench. I think that game against Newcastle that was a perfect game for him. I know he's been out of form, but if you want space and you want the uh, space to do something and have that creative influence and pay your back, pay yourself back into form. Really, that Newcastle's that game. You know, the likes of John Joe Shelby marking you. You know, to to be fair to him, he's not going to track you, is he? He's going to give you that space. You're going to be able to get in between the lines. You're going to be able to sort of feed Watkins, feed in the wingers. So I was surprised he didn't start. And I think we brought him on and it was already too late, to be honest, because we just weren't looking very good and we weren't looking very fluid. Um, obviously not helped by the tr- early injury by Torre. But no, we move on. This isn't about Newcastle game. It's happened. It's about the Spurs game, what we can do for for, for that game and how we, how we set up against, uh, against Spurs. AJ... Our Stato man, our Stato corner, as ever. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Spurs. Talk about some of the key stats behind behind Spurs's well up and down form really this season and and beyond. Um, I feel I feel like we should have a we should have a theme tune for for this. I think as considering it's going to be a regular spot. I think Yara mentioned that Carl should be doing some of the vocals. Maybe Carl, you up for coming up with a theme tune for for this segment? For for a, yeah, for a fee. Oh well, yeah. But we'll speak we'll speak about that privately. Not for the love of the podcast, mate. No. Not for free. No, all right. Blunt. Absolutely not. Blunt as ever. Blunt as ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were the guy talking about uh, ball boys, weren't you? And how much you hated him. So that makes sense. AJ, all children, over- really. All, all children. All children. Right. All children. AJ, over to you, mate. Sure. So I thought I'd start off by just looking at some of our results against Spurs, which um, in recent times, our record against them is absolutely appalling. So if you look at the last 20 games, we've only won two uh, and drawn three of those games. And actually, one of the two we've won was literally 20 games ago. So in the last 19 games, we've only won one um, and lost 15. So um, if you're going on history, then uh, it doesn't look look great. But obviously, we were rubbish for a good decade in the Premier League. So anyone that's half decent has got a good, uh, has got a good record um, against us, I guess. Um, like you, you touched on this, Omar. Actually, they, before the Arsenal game, which um, I think Mourinho reverted to type a little bit in, and perhaps went a little bit too negative. I think their um, xG was something ridiculously low, like a zero point six or something, like really poor in a in a derby game. Um, they'd won five in a row in all competitions with an aggregate score of fifteen one. Uh, before that so they were actually flying going into that into that game and it felt like he'd finally figured out a way to get bail firing to get uh, all four of his big creative guns going in a in a game um uh, and then you know I, I think he retreated uh, a little bit and perhaps if he if he hadn't uh, then they might have seen a better result in the in the north uh, london the north london derby i think as well as being in a similar position in the league I guess we're quite similar in a in a number of other ways in the sense that we do rely on um a very solid foundation and then trying to hit teams on the the break I think the advantage that obviously they've got uh, as you touched on is is the extra quality in their squad and while we're really relying on uh, Watkins and, and Grealish uh, to to light things up when they when they get played uh, the balls forward quickly in transition 
Um, they've got a lot more options uh, than that uh, than us uh, uh, in in um, uh, up front in the attacking areas. We're, we're both sort of average around fifty percent of the ball. If you look at um, the expected goal difference, uh, as is five point three, theirs is four point seven. So very similar performance on uh, on that. But interestingly, their their xG for goals scored. Um, is a fair bit lower than ours, but they've actually scored eight goals more than us. Um, and what that tells you is is the absolute worldies that uh, some of their players have been scoring, and, and Son in particular, who I think we're expecting to be out injured at the weekend, which is is good news for us. Actually, leads the league in terms of the difference between his xG uh, and his actual goals scored with with plus five. So he's he's scored more five more goals than you'd expect from. The positions he's he's found himself in, uh, and and I think um, you know that's that's a pretty remarkable stat. Some of that is down to his quality, uh, and some of it is probably a little bit of good fortune as well. Um, but it's been talked about a lot of the insane numbers that that Kane and Son uh, are putting up uh, between themselves. So Kane leads the league on goals plus assists with with twenty nine. But Son's in third with 22, so so him being out is is important uh, and hopefully helps us. Um, but also he he's a key presser for them. Um, so he's eighth overall in the league, Son in terms of uh, impression in terms of pressures. Um, so you know he is a he is a key uh, presser uh, for them. But one thing to look out for is you know there's been a lot of talk about Bale not performing so far this season, but actually. Um, he has started to perform. And if you look at uh, his production in terms of uh, per 90 minutes, he's actually pretty much as productive as Kane now because he's he's got five goals and two assists, but he's only played the equivalent of six, six full games. So um, whilst earlier in the season, Son being missing probably would have been a huge miss for them. I think with Bale now producing sort of similar numbers in the games that he's played... Uh, perhaps uh, it's less of a miss. I mean, obviously, Bale's not going to press to the extent that, that Son has at this point in his, his career. Um, but uh, I do think creatively, he's he's probably going to fill that gap. I think one place where they are different from us, there obviously are some, some similarities, is when you think about our midfield... Uh, when we're under pressure, McGinn uh, and uh, and David Luiz usually, or Nakamba sometimes, will actually Luis. sit... Sorry, uh, yeah, Douglas Luiz will actually sit off um, and allow teams to, to come on. And what we're doing is forcing teams out wide, making it very difficult for, to play through the middle and forcing them to cross the ball uh, in, into the middle. Uh, and there's been some debates on the on the pod that, that Chadzi, Chadzi's had with... Uh, um, with Jugsy over whether that's the right way to to do it or not, but you can't really argue with our, our defensive uh, record. But it does feel a bit passive at times, especially when we're performing less well um, in games. But yeah, you can't argue that it's that it's been effective for us uh, so far in the season. But Spurs are a little bit different in the sense that they they don't press high up the the, the pitch. They're they're sort of seventh from bottom in terms of pressing in the in the attacking third. But their overall pressures are, are high, and their press comes on a bit sooner than ours. So and and Dombele and and Hoiberg in particular, um, as soon as you get into that sort of middle third of the pitch, they're going to be harrying you. They're going to be at you. And uh, I didn't really realise until I looked at them. I, I knew he was having a good season, but Hoiberg has been an absolute 
beast for them uh, in the middle of the park. He leads the league uh, in terms of pressures, in terms of tackle attempts, and in terms of successful tackles. And he's also pretty good on the ball as well. He's got reasonably good um, uh, progression with his passes, and, and he's reasonably accurate with them uh, as well. Did so, um, I think Hoiberg didn't travel with Spurs. No, he's um, suspe- suspend- he was suspended. Yeah, oh, he took he took, okay. a, he took a he took one for the team last leg, I think, a yellow for the team, then which made him. Uh, which made made the uh, the fact that he was suspended today, but he'll be back, and obviously such an important player, isn't he, AJ? He's um, he's almost revolutionised that team. Um, yeah, and and I think you know, obviously for good reason, the attention has been on Kane and Son because because they're putting up ridiculous numbers. But when you look at Hoiberg in that position, he has been a bit of a monster in terms of harrying teams and winning the the ball back, and and Don Belly alongside him is is not bad at that um, either. I think, you know, we've had a lot of debate around what the right shape of our midfield is and what the right midfield three is. And um, they're obviously going to put a lot of pressure on that area of the the pitch for us. uh, And it has been a a problem for us in that area of the pitch. Um, One more thing I'll just touch on uh, very briefly is you did ask me to look at... um, the difference between uh, Mourinho's Spurs and, and Pochettino's uh, Spurs. So I looked at Pochettino's uh, team in his last full season, uh, which obviously they finished fourth and they got to the final of the Champions League. So in terms of performance on the uh, absolute performance on the pitch, they obviously did better than this uh, than this Mourinho team. But the key difference, I guess, as you would expect, even without looking at the stats, is is the press. So they've gone from being seventh uh, in the league to pressing in the final third of the, the attacking third of the pitch uh, under uh, Pochettino to, as I mentioned, being seventh bottom for that. Uh, for that now um, and they used to have more like 58-60% possession on average whereas whereas now they're, they're more in the 50% range but I think you know that just goes to show uh, in some ways that, that stats don't tell you everything because when actually when you look at things like uh, XG for and against they were that that different. So, you know, Pochettino Spurs was a 1.46 XG per game whereas the current team is a one point three, four, and and actually outperforming that in terms of actual goal scores as we've seen. So whilst they're not competing at quite the same level in the league at the, the moment, actually the stats are, aren't that different uh, in terms of the, the output that you'd expect from mm-hmm. the team. Yeah. So it just goes to show there are different ways to, to skin a cat. And, you, you know, you don't have to be attacking teams in the pressing teams in the final third. And, and as lots of people have talked about, there's been less and less of that um, this season uh, than we've seen in previous years uh, as well. Uh, and one other quick thing on Meg's watch. Um, it didn't count as an official Meg's uh, because it was a shot rather than uh, a, a take on uh, in a dribble. But uh, we can't have a Meg's watch and not mention Lamella's uh, Rabona Meg's to score uh, the other day, but Unreal. which was absolutely filthy. But then, of course, he did get him sent off, so he won't be playing against us anyway. He'll be suspended. So, um, but I couldn't, I couldn't not mention it. Well, the, I don't know whether you, um, I don't know whether you heard the commentary for it. It was absolutely appalling. It was as if it was it had hit someone's arse and crawled over the line. <laughs> he says it, it, it trundled across the line. Yeah, <laughs> it was a worldie. 
It's yeah, ridiculous. It was a ridiculous goal. I mean, uh, to do that first time, and it was a, it was like it drilled into the bottom corner, wasn't it? It sort of skimmed along yeah. the ground all the way into the bottom corner, which is just unreal to do that w- with that kind of technique and do a Rabona. It's just unreal. It's, it's one of the best goals I've ever seen, I think. Uh, and, and he's got form for it as well, hasn't he? Because yeah. didn't he pinged one in from the edge of the box into the top corner once as well? On the, yeah, he uh, did. He did. Yeah, well. he did. Not, yeah. not even his best Rabona. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, um, lot lot to lot to unpack there, Yaro. Can I? Uh, can I? Can I? Yeah. Can I just ask AJ a question quickly? Uh, what What is the one in? Well, anyone might know this. What is the one in nineteen? What's the what? When did we last beat Spurs? Uh, hang on, I've got it up here. Does anyone remember the game off the top of their heads? Benteke scored. It was. Yeah, it was that one nil away, Benteke. Uh, one nil away, Benteke. Was... Under, Sher- under Sherwood. Uh, oh, Sherwood, under Sherwood. Yeah. Sherwood oh. going back to Spurs and doing them over. Oh, I don't remember that game at all. Loughton. I think it was Loughton so, and a header. Yeah. I think it was. Or remember, uh, Bacuna, oh, yeah, Bacuna. Yeah, I remember Bacuna. the goal. It was Bacuna, sorry. April, t- Bacuna, April yeah. 2015 it was. I've just looked it up. Yeah, just before the just before the FA Cup final. That sort of cemented our... I remember that game well because uh, that sort of cemented our... That- that was the uh, top the peak five of status. Sh- yeah. And the, then I think the peak- Sanchez took a yellow card, didn't he? He took one for the team, um, which meant, meant he was suspended or got, took a red card. Sorry. I think it was, he got, he got sent off, which means he was suspended for the semi or the final, I think for the FA Cup. I can't quite remember, but because they were on the attack, they're trying to try and draw the game and it would have cost us, well, it would have been a, a quite a big hit to our relegation. Hope, uh, sorry. It's promotion, promotion, staying up hope. Sorry. Um, the, height, the height of Sherwood mania. I remember Sherwood it well. Mania. Yeah. Uh, a lot to a lot to a uh, lot to unpack there, Yaro. Uh, AJ, thanks for that, mate. That was a really good deep dive uh, into into everything Spurs, everything Villa. There, uh, I think there's a lot to think about there, and and probably I think what we should do is maybe build the show around all of that because there's a lot to lot to talk about. We talked about Hoberg already, or Hoberg, sorry, and um, how important he's to the team. I think he's he's a massive player for them. I think that was shown today. You know, they really missed him today, and I don't think they lose that game three 0 if he's playing. And I think he's going to be a, he's going to have a big say in terms of the result on on Sunday as well. But Son's missing there. Yaro is another thing that AJ mentioned, and he's a big player for them, isn't he? And 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 for Harry Kane as well. I think Harry Kane is at his best when Son's playing that link up they have. And yes, Bale has stepped up recently, and you know Bale's a world class player on his day. Uh, and, and maybe he's finding fitness and he's, he's back to firing again, which is a worry. But I think Son's such an important player for them, especially on the in terms of pressing and count on the counter. Do you think do you think Spurs will be affected by that att- attacking wise? And, and do you expect us how good we've been defensively to continue? And uh, and it will be a. I mean, what do you think? Do you think it'll be a pretty low scoring game? What are your thoughts on that? Um, there's no doubt it's good good for us that Son's out. Um, I mean, I was at Villa Park last year. The only time I made it to Villa Park last year was for the Spurs game, where Son, I believe, he got injured after about three minutes, and then uh, did the did the did the brave thing and stayed on the pitch for the entire game, and then scored in the ninety third minute. And and he he, he ran us. Bro- he, he broke his arm or something, didn't he? And they didn't know. Yeah, that, that's right. He broke yeah. broke his arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then I remember I was uh, watching that Spurs documentary that's on Amazon, and and that's the season that they cover, and and I got reminded of it all over again. I was like, you absolute bastard. Um, like yeah, like but- Pele in Escape to Victory, isn't it? It was that's what, that's what, I think that's what Son was thinking about on the day. Uh, I think he was he was channeling the well, there, spirit. There, of there, there, there is a, like a, a war theme here, isn't it, with Son in in being uh, called up? He for served it. in the military. He yeah, served in yeah. the military, and did, that's did, true. Did yeah, his bit? Yeah. Did his bit during the COVID uh, pan, early part of the COVID pandemic? Didn't he? Did he? I, uh, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I um I was in Iceland during that that match, and we was going Ooh. on a lovely little tour around Iceland. But I was just 
I wasn't taking anything in. I was just watching the match on my phone on a beach in uh, Iceland. And there's a picture of me standing on this hill the moment that uh, Son scores the uh, winner. Um, oh, can you, can you, can you send that to us? Very, I, want to, I want to share oh, well, that on the on the, on the yeah. Twitter yeah, feed. Oh, well, it's a very, very bleak yeah. photo. That should be the photo for the uh, for the release of this this episode. Oh yeah, that'll is, be, that'll is, be, that be no, that's it. That's going to be on that one side. Photo. One side is going to be uh, a picture, maybe a picture from last uh, last season's game, and maybe that picture next to it uh, of you. Yeah, your reaction. I'll send it. Be perfect. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, so yes, Son is a good player. <laughs> two, two, two. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks for that input and thanks for that insight, Yara. Um, but but as as AJ rightly points out, Bale has been finding his feet a bit recently, um, and that would certainly concern me. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, you take Son out, you do take out that main link up with Kane, um, and you know that's the that's the thing that is, you know they they've been assisting each other so uh, uh, consistently throughout the season. I think I think Kane is top of the Premier League for just assists. I mean, AJ he said yeah. he was. T- he is, yeah. yeah, he's on, thir- he's he was- on thirteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think Jack's a couple behind him. Um, but yeah, I mean that that sort of show uh, tells you just Kane's Kane's all round game is is just insanely good at the minute. Um, yeah, do I expect it to be a high scoring, low scoring game? I would expect I'd expect it to be low scoring, considering the way we've been recently, and Jose's not you know usually the most adventurous. Um, I don't know if both teams are going to you know try and sit back and counter attack one another. Um, but I, but I certainly don't expect it to be. I, I fancy us to maybe take the initiative and 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 try and put them under a bit of pressure in the first half. Um, but um, but yeah, I can't I can't see it. I can't see there being more than more than a more than a goal in it. I think. Yeah, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I mean, I think under Mourinho, obviously they've become a bit more pragmatic, haven't they, in terms of their approach. And and I think that's uh, that's the way Mourinho is. You know, he's all about, he's in the results business and you can see that through his his record and what he's done in the management game. You know, he's obviously one of the best ever um, and one of the best in modern times as well. Ollie, do you think, do you, do you think as some fans do that he's lost his powers a little bit and, and actually he isn't as good as he used to be? And do you think the game's moved on um, from you know, from his days of and his peak for, under the likes of uh, you know for Porto, for Chelsea, and then obviously for Real Madrid. Do you think the game's moved on to that style of management, and and do you think he's less of a less of a management threat, if you like, in terms of the way he sets out and the tactics he he deploys against teams? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see he didn't go well for him at Manchester United, and now he's gone to Spurs and he's been given another shot there. I mean, admittedly. Spurs, in terms of their squad, probably aren't. It's probably fair to say, probably aren't quite as good as some of the squads he's had to he's had to manage in the past. But still, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? In the way where they are in the league, um, they've just been knocked out of the champion of the uh, Europa League tonight. Um, so and, and yeah, it's it's obviously that he's just not getting those results, and he's not getting a tune out of the players anymore. And maybe his his style is, is is somewhat outdated now. Yeah, yeah. I'd be I'd be interested to see what happens because I, I know Daniel Lever. You know, he's not a manager to sort of sit on his hands. I think eventually he's going to take action against uh, against Mourinho because you know I can't see this carrying on. You know, they're not they're struggling in the league. They're, yes, they're in, I think they're in the what, the League Cup final maybe, um, but you know they're out of the out of the Europa League. They're struggling to get top four. That squad is good enough to get top four and possibly beyond really and they've done that in the past under under Pochettino as well so I guess we'll see you know hopefully Mourinho will be in the dugout because I think they're struggling under him a little bit so 
although obviously you know as AJ said they have they have had a good, a good run of results in, in recent times. I mean, you saw it against Arsenal at the weekend. They 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 they've had some. They're, they're coming off the back of some good results. Um, you know, they, they've done. They've got a tuna win in Europe. Um, Bale looks good. Harry Kane's on fire again, and they just didn't go at them. They just did not go at them. And we know that Arsenal can be as a, a team that you can get at, and they, they just play, they seem to just play into Arsenal's hands. And you know, Arsenal fully deserved the win in the end. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. I, th- I thought they did. Obviously, the penalty was a bit dubious. I thought, uh, but you know, they deserved the win. Uh, but if you look at, you know, if you look at actually the results in the Premier League, especially, you know, they've yes, they've won uh, a few games in a row in the Premier League. But if you look at the actual teams they've played, you know, Palace, Fulham, Burnley, games that they they're expected to, to win. Really, um, Fulham, you know, they just narrowly beat them. Uh, it was quite a close game, and Fulham obviously in decent form at the moment as well. But you know, Palace and Burnley were the two victories before that. They lost to West Ham. And they lost to Man City, so it's not like they're infallible or anything like that. They're obviously a very quality team, but they have they have struggled at times, and they're very much been up and down team, a bit like us, really, I suppose. I mean, you saw it against Arsenal at the weekend. They 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 they've had some. They're, they're coming off the back of some good results. Um, you know, they, they've done. They've got a tuna win in Europe. Um, Bale looks good. Harry Kane's on fire again, and they just didn't go at them. They just did not go at them. And we know that Arsenal can be as a, a team that you can get at. And they, they just play, they seem to just play into Arsenal's hands. And, you know, Arsenal fully deserved the win in the end. Yeah, definitely. You know, they, uh, you know, they, they, they should be top four with that squad. I mean, like I said earlier in the, in the pod, you know, they, look at their team, look at their squad. That's it's full of quality and, and they really should be far higher. You know, they've got world-class players all over the pitch. Um, and you know we've got one world class player, uh, and again, I suppose I suppose it puts it into context that the fact that how well we're doing, you know, we are so far away from that kind of quality in the team, yet we're you know we're we're there thereabouts in terms of league position and, and performances, and and we'll come on to in a second how that sort of performance, how that forms changed over time, and there's a really interesting graphic that AJ put together that I've tweeted out earlier. Uh, which which we'll go through in a second, and, and I think it makes some really interesting reading actually. And, and and there's various different conclusions you can you can derive from that graph, but I think there's a few few conclusions that are quite obvious. And and I think not just in terms of stats, but also just to the eye as well. Um, one one of that uh, Carl is is the fact that Barkley has been well started off with a bang, has got injured and and has come back uh, a completely different player almost, and, and is not hitting the same heights. Um, and in fact, and, and, and as this is the graph shows, um, we've probably played better without him rather than with him. Do you, I mean, do you think there's any way back for Barkley in terms of this season and, and playing him back, playing himself back into form? Or do you think Smith's just lost complete trust in the guy? And, and you know, that's it. He'll sort of his loan spell will now just peter out. I don't. I don't think. Um, I, I think he'll get another chance at some stage. Um, <clears throat> whether he takes it or not is. Completely up to him. Um, I, I don't. I'm not going. I don't want to rule him out completely because I'll look like a right div if I do that on here, and he um, he goes on to win win us four or five games between now and the end of the season. But um, do I think that's going to happen? No. He he. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't play him um, on Sunday. I think. I don't think he'd get a kick against Hoiberg or however you pronounce his name, Omar. Um, I just don't think he'll get a kick, and I mean, you could you could play him out wide, but he doesn't have the energy or the pace to be able to do that. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say 
Um, that's him done now. Um, but if if I was to guess, I would say it's very unlikely that he's going to play a big part in the running. Um, and it's going to come to a point where if we know we're not going to take him um, on a permanent deal, we may as well start having a look at a few youngsters. But as I said in the last um, pod, the season's not over yet. There's still plenty to play for. But, you know, if it does come to it and he hasn't taken the chance, which I think he'll get, he'll get. And um, it might be a couple of times off the bench for him to make an impact. Um, but if he doesn't take that, then, you know... As it stands now, I'd be very, very surprised if he's a Villa player next season. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I feel the same. But I think there's there's a bit of, there's some rumours out there that um, there's rumours out there that um, Perslow's pushing for a permanent signing for him, and he, and Smith is not sure. I'm not really sure about those rumours, to be honest. I don't think I'd be surprised at that, considering what happened with Drinkwater last year. And the fact that Suso left, and yes, Perslow obviously is you know he's, he owns part of the club. You know he, he's obviously has a big say, but I think Dino's opinion is valid. And obviously we've got a whole footballing hierarchy behind that as well with with Langer and uh, you know the, the like and, and the backroom team who are recruiting and identifying players. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that. I think I think I imagine the team, the management team and the recruitment team are thinking they can get better value for money elsewhere. And I guess we'll see in the summer, but you know, we, we've still got games left and there's still a chance to do something good this season, whatever that is. I think anything above top 10 will be a fantastic, fantastic achievement, regardless of where we've been this season. Um, but AJ, I mean, the, the form has varied, hasn't it, over over the course of the year, and and, and, and that graph that you, you put together, what, what are sort of the key conclusions that you've, you've sort of, you've got from 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 those stats and that sort of uh, that sort of graph and just just for the listeners that so that graph if you if you didn't understand it it was basically a, a sort of a five game rolling average of our xg so xg you know love it or hate it it's just a, it's just a, it's just a stat really just a way of judging how well we've done in the game and and it just shows expected goals for expected goals against so basically how well we played in the game and how many chances we've created how many clear cut chances we've created and and each chance that we create has this sort of a stat uh, like a de- almost like a decimal point figure that's given to show if it's a, a good chance or not so good chance and if we were expected to score that on a normal day um, and it gives you just an indication of how well we play that game. And and, and that chart that Aegis put together just shows you how well we've been playing in terms of our form, not the actual results, not the actual points, but in terms of our performances. And and it's it's quite an interesting, interesting chart, isn't it, AJ, in terms of looking at, you know, pre-COVID, looking at when Jack got injured, when Barkley's come back, when Barkley's got injured. What what sort of conclusions have you have you have you got out of that chart? Yeah, well, there's a few there's three key points that I've called out on the, the chart. There's Barclay's injury, there's the point of the COVID outbreak and, and there's Grealish's injury. And, and my start point for this was you'd asked me to look at are we how much worse are we with Jack versus without. Now, he's only been missing for five games this season, so that's quite a small uh, sample size to, to compare. But I wanted to get a sense of, of where we were overall in the season before I got into that specific issue. So the thing we've just been talking about is, is Barkley's injury. Obviously, before his injury, he was playing very well. He was influencing games. Uh, he'd had great performances against Arsenal and, and Liverpool. So I don't think we would say at the point... We were all very disappointed when we when he got injured. and We thought it would have a negative impact on the on the team. But actually, if you look at, at the, the, the chart here, what it shows is our best performances of the season 
were in pretty much the five games that followed his injury. So without Barkley. Now, there, there's a number of things. One thing you rightly pointed out to me, um, uh, Omar, when I shared this uh, with the with the group earlier, is that those five games were West Ham, Wolves, Burnley, West Brom and Palace. So not the, not the toughest run of games in the world. Um, so I, I don't think it's fair to just say... Barkley being out of the side made all of that difference. And and actually, my view is a bigger difference was that in a lot of those games, Jack played at, at 10. And I increasingly think that his ability to influence the game from that position is greater. One of the great things about Jack is he improves the players around him. And if he's in the middle of the park, he's able to improve the performance of more players because he's interacting with with more rather than just bring a target in or, or perhaps Watkins drifting drifting left and I also think it's harder for teams to shut him out you know when you look at the Moyes method of, of two right backs and doubling up on him that had been very very effective but there's no doubt that that period when Barkley was injured uh, was when we played our best football there's lots of different reasons for that beyond it, it just being Barkley uh, uh, missing I think the other thing which I don't think we talk about enough actually is the COVID outbreak and if you look at this chart uh, attacking performance in particular just dies an absolute death uh, after the uh, after the COVID outbreak and has never really uh, recovered. So going into COVID in that period between Barkley's injury and the COVID outbreak, we were pretty much averaging close to, to two goals, expected goals uh, for uh, a game. That's now dipped to below one for most of the sort of last um, six or seven uh, games since since the start of the new of the new year. There's also a huge uptick in uh, expected goals against at that that point, uh, which has recovered uh, pretty well. One thing there is though, one of the games, the first game back was Man City, and their they expected goals against us was four. So you know that's that really jumped up. So again, there's a lot going on, but I don't know if. I'm certainly not saying the COVID outbreak alone has led to our dip in form, but we had nine players with COVID and we didn't train for two weeks. And I think that, that to me, has almost certainly had an impact. And then that coupled with, I think, teams figuring us out a little bit, teams taking us a bit more seriously, uh, and our own trouble figuring out how do we play in midfield now that what we were doing before wasn't quite working, what's our best midfield three, um, and then obviously uh, further on the, the injuries, um, I, I think, played a role there. Then the other thing that I've called out on the chart is the Grealish injury. But actually what's interesting there, uh, you asked me to look at um, games with Jack versus without. And, and of course, like when you look at that, we are much worse. Like if you look at the five games Jack wasn't in versus the five versus the uh, the 22 games that, that he did play, one point per game versus 1.6 points per game, um, a, a, a positive expected goal difference of 0.25 versus minus 0.14. You know, so all of the stats point to us being worse without Jack in the team. But actually, that is part of a pattern that has gone back further than that. And if you look at the chart, you can see that in the sense that actually the five games before Jack got injured were our worst games of the season statistically. So it isn't just a case of we're missing Jack and our, we've lost our creativity as a result. Actually, the previous five games where Jack was in the side, we were even worse with an XG of less than one um, 
expected to concede half a goal more than we score pretty pretty much less possession fewer completed passes less time in the attacking third you know if you look at pretty much every stat those were the worst five games we played this season so look jack is is brilliant and if you want me to cheer everyone up i've got a whole raft of stats about how brilliant he's been this season which maybe we'll save save for the end but what that chart shows is it isn't just a question of getting Jack back into the team uh, because even the last five games he was in the team, we were very poor and we've kind of been, from a creative point of view, from an attacking point of view, on a sort of downward trend that we've not really recovered from uh, ever since that COVID outbreak. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, I think so. I think, you know, I think that that's for me is, is a key point is that performance wise, we haven't been good for a while. I think, uh, and Yara, disagree with me if you want, but I don't think we've been as good. Uh, the last time we were playing fluidly and playing well was probably the Crystal Palace game uh, and maybe the first half against Burnley. I think since then, even the Newcastle win, which which came after that, I don't think we were at our best. We weren't fluid as we normally are. We, we sort of sort of coasted through that game really more than anything else. And, and Newcastle was just a poor team on the day. But I just don't think we've been at the same team for a while. And, and there's a number of factors, as AJ pointed out too, but... Let's let's look forward now, Yaro. What what do you think we need to do in terms of improvements? Um, do you think a change of formation is needed? Are you concerned about this four three three formation that we've we've started doing again, and Smith has started picking again? Chadzi mentioned it on on the last pod, um, and we mentioned it a few times as well. I don't think we've got the personnel that suits that kind of game because we don't have that you know that box to box player or that big destroyer midfield do you do you think we need to just change it up a little bit and, and if, it, if it was you that, as a manager how would you look to change it up um well first of all I don't disagree with you um I think um yeah I, I mean I've, I've sort of mentioned it I think to, to to you guys privately before but that that sort of Burnley half time at Turf Moor almost seems like a almost a, a milestone in the season where everything before that was sort of this uh fast flowing attacking um, exciting football, and then that second half against Burnley, where we kind of collapsed. Um, I don't know if 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 that sort of you know um, really really that half really affected the players, or whether it's a coincidence. But just everything since then seems to have seems to have been poor. And and yeah, I think um, that Palace win was that the last time we won that wasn't one nil because I think yeah. all of our victories have been one nil since then. Oh, yeah. Newcastle, Newcastle we won two nil uh, afterwards. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, but yeah. yeah. I mean, it hasn't been in terms of goal scored. You know, we we haven't scored more than one goal that many times at all the well, entire season, no. really, apart from the first few games. Um, but yeah, yeah. No, and 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 um, and yeah, I think that 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 sort of you know tells a story of how when we have been managing to win games, how we've been winning them. That it hasn't been through blowing the opposition away like we were at the start of the season. And and I think. Um, oh, no, really- sorry, sorry, Newcastle was just before my my fault, my bad. It was there just you before. There yeah, you you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, I mean, interesting um, to hear AJ highlight that that COVID point. Um, I don't think I'd really considered it to be quite the factor that it probably is, and um, and you make a very good case. Um, and I think about players like McGinn. Like McGinn, to me, has been so erratic over the season. And I think since that COVID, I mean, do we know who the players who had COVID were, and do we no. do we do we sort of in any way do we speculate whether having COVID may even affect their performances up till now? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. But McGinn, to me, is someone who's, who's, um, you know, passing in particular um, 
has been so so erratic. You know, some sometimes this season he's been pinging these beautiful balls over the top of um, the opposition defence and releasing Watkins and 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 um, yeah, doing doing um, making fantastic passes in that in that regard. And then and then some games um, I can't remember if it was Newcastle or if it was Chef U, where just everything he seemed to. He seemed to be doing, seemed to be sort of, you know, shanking out for a throw in. I thought Newcastle, especially, he was, his passing was really poor, um, especially mm. because, you know, we are relying on him to be a creative outlet for us with Jack missing. And he's playing that number eight position and he's getting those attacking positions. And you expect him to do something with the ball. But, you know, he's, he's, I do think, you know, he's, he's technically, I don't think he's at the same level as the likes of Jack or some of our other players. Like Dougie Louise, for yeah. example, you know he's very much a hustle and bustle type player, which which works well in the championship. And I'm not saying he's a championship player at all. I think he's more than adequate for the Premier League, and he's still one of our better players. But I think his style suits a certain type of game. And I'm not sure longer term yeah. what kind of what, what kind of position suits him more, whether it's that defensive role, whether it's the, that number eight or more attacking role. I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, and I do, I do accept in in sort of assessing his passing, you have to accept that McGinn is going to try and play the riskier pass sometimes than say a Nakamba who is who is very much you know a sort of tidy sort of uh, pass it five yards to your nearest nearest player kind of player. Um, but this gets to, to then move on to the, you know what you asked me, uh, how do we uh, approach this game? How do we how do we set up? Do we need change of formation? I mean, I think centre midfield for me feels like the key, and um, I. I I'm I'm very uncertain with our central midfielders. Um, I'm I'm uncertain of what the best combination of them is. Um, I kind of like Louise McGinn, Nakamba, and Sanson. I, I, I kind of you know from the brief bits we've seen of Sanson, um, but I, I kind of you know like like what they have to offer. I ju- I'm just not sure what is the best combination of them. Um, and maybe maybe that's some some stats for AJ to look up sometime. You know, Louise and McGinn. More stats. More stats. Louise more and Nakamba. But I mean, and just an idea, just an idea for a, for a future app. Um, but yeah, um, I think I think getting to the getting to the bottom of that of that central midfield partnership um, is is part of it. And then um, and then it's a case of yeah, I mean, we've we've spoken about having other systems, and I think there is this thing about having a plan B would be would be great. You know, some some f- other form of playing. Um, but I think personal is holding us back on on that front. Um, so yeah, yeah. For me, for me, I, I'd I'd really like to see. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see more of Sanson maybe, and 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 figure out what this what this central midfield. Yeah, I, I was I was surprised he didn't play to be honest against Newcastle. I thought he had a decent game against Wolves, and and you know I wasn't sure why. I, I didn't agree with that starting lineup. We've talked about it already anyway, but, but we move on. Um, let's let's get let's get predictions before we go into some of our favourite memories. Uh, I've said I said in the. In the previous part of that, I think it's going to be a score draw. So, I, I mean, Troy, we don't know if he's injured or not, whether he'll be back or not. Uh, I think the team news will come out tomorrow. Though I think the press conference is tomorrow. So I guess we'll wait and see. And obviously, obviously the news about Jack as well. Um, so we wait with bated breath. Carl, your prediction? I, I'm, I worry a bit. Um, a lot of it depends on whether Grealish is back, of course. So I'd say without Jack, 27-0. With Jack, 28-0. Oh wow! You've gone for a bit of a change there. <laughs> it's interesting. I didn't expect that. Didn't expect twenty-eight nil. Did not expect that. Um, who's going to get the goals? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. No, don't bring this up. I, I gave <laughs> a calculation last time, and you was all telling me that it didn't add up to twenty-seven. Listen well, back. I, I, I'm sorry, but you should be able to add up to twenty-seven by now, Carl. Yeah, sorry. And, and I had done, and you just put doubt in my uh, in my head. So no, I don't, I don't care. You figure out. All I know is that there'll be a Harry Kane own goal in there somewhere. Only one. 
Uh, AJ, uh, your your prediction? Yeah. Uh, well, um, just on the four three three debate, just briefly, I think we're better with a ten, and I think the fundamental problem is Barkley has been in such appalling form. We haven't really got anywhere else who could play there apart from Jack, and he's been injured. So uh, that's part of the conundrum. Is you know, I, I, my view is play Ramsey as a ten, push him up the push yeah. him up the field, uh, and play the system that works works best. But um, again, let's see if Greenish is back. I'm I'm feeling pretty pessimistic, to be honest. I think all this uh, analysis of XG and stuff that I've done has put me on a bit of a downer because it feels like a very negative trend. So I think we're gonna I think we're gonna lose two one, especially if Jack is uh, is out. I mean, it's a, it's a weird one. You know, we're sitting on what forty one points. Uh, is it forty one points? Forty two points? Um, and you know, we could we could still easily achieve mid fifties or even high fifties, which might be good enough for maybe seventh this season. But a lot will depend on on Jack coming back well, and sitting, I, sitting a bit of form. I think a few people have mentioned this. There's kind of a bigger picture and a, a smaller picture, isn't it? And in the bigger picture, I think we're all delighted with how the season has gone. And if you'd offered me this position at the beginning of the season, I'd have absolutely snatched your hand off. Um, but when you look at the performances in recent weeks versus how we started the season, uh, you know, it's understandable that people are, uh, it's taken the shine off. Uh, a little bit if the season had gone in the other direction and we'd started very poorly and now we were tearing it up and getting the same sort of results that we got earlier in the season it'd have a whole different feel to it wouldn't it so yeah delighted with where we are in the in the league and and still very positive about the direction of the club overall in the long term and you know it's a compliment to us with Watkins getting called up for England today all kinds of Links to Martinez, try United to try to sign him. Which good luck with that, you jokers. But you know those those sorts of things happening are a testament to, to where we are and where we've come to as a club. But you can't help but still feel the shine has come off it a little bit, and that kind of swashbuckling, attacking, exciting, exciting footballers fallen by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, I don't know. It's a weird one. I think momentum. I said I said this in the last part. I think momentum so important in football. You see it all the time, especially in the championship. You know, you see you see teams who just miss out in the playoffs, like Nottingham Forest, as an example, who've really struggled this season because they, you know, there's, there's obviously a hangover from that. Likewise, you see teams who've a bit like Sheffield United when they got promoted. You know, they had a really good end to the season, and and then they got promoted the season after. So. I think momentum works same in the Premier League. I think I think you know we the reason why we started the season so well is probably because we ended the season so well last season. So you know hopefully it doesn't continue. There's not a pattern and Jack comes back and uh, go on another ten game winning run. But um, Yaro, just before we go into the, to some of our favourite memories, what's your what's your prediction? Oh, you, I know you've given it already, but what's your score prediction? Well, I, I well I hinted towards it. Well, you know my my head my head definitely says that uh, they're going to beat us. Um, my heart. Uh, I don't think my heart even thinks we're going to win. I think my heart thinks we're going to get a draw. So uh, I'm going to go with one all uh, with concert and Kane with the goals. Nice. Okay. Well, let's uh, thanks for that, boys. Let's move on to some of our favourite memories. Let's do a quick uh, five ten minutes on that, and then we'll, we'll, we'll shut up shop for the night. Uh, yeah, a team, historic team. Obviously, Spurs, very big team. Probably a similar kind of footing to Villa. And uh, historically, we've we've sort of been fighting against them for for league positions as well. So. You know, they've obviously done really well in recent years and, you know, they've, you, you know, we were maybe 10, 15 years ago, we were very similar and they've sort of pushed on. We haven't, but there's been still some, I know AJ mentioned earlier, there's you know, two wins in the last 20, but I remember going away. My first ever away game actually was 
the victory against them away from home when uh, Ashley Young scored and Nigeria Okoka scored. It was my first ever away game. And literally, I walked in with my mate Nick, who's been on the pod previously. Uh, and we were traveling down from, uh, I was traveling down from Leamington, picked him up from from, Ger- from uh, Beaconsfield, well, near Beaconsfield, sorry. Gerald's Cross, actually, it was, sorry. And uh, we literally walked in as uh, Ashley Young crossed the ball in and Rio Coca then side footed it in. And we were amazing that day. And Spurs were struggling. And I remember, Juan, I think Juan de Ramos was the manager, and Spurs fans were saying, this is the worst Spurs team they've ever seen. And that, that Spurs team, when I think Harry Redknapp came in, actually became the foundation for their, you know, their, their Champions League. Uh, competing team that, that came after that as well. Uh, Carl, some of your some of your favourite Villa Spurs memories. Um, well, what, I wouldn't. One of them's not particularly a favourite, um, but the two, the two thing, the two matches that stick out for some reason. The, the first one's the '94 uh, Coca Cola Cup match. Um, I've probably seen the highlights of it. I didn't go or anything. Um, I went to the final, but um, yeah, the quarterfinal. Uh, I, I remember Earl Barrett scoring, but when I had a look at it today, um, AJ sent me across some geeky website um, and it was Earl Barrett. Ray Houghton scored the other one. I can't remember Ray Houghton's goal. And uh, Darren Kasky scored for Spurs. He was... Um, Darren Kasky. That's, an old, that's be, an old school name. If, if, I, if I hadn't seen his name today, I'd have, I'd have forgotten he ever existed. Um, the other one, was the Marlon Harewood one where we brought Marlon Harewood on <laughs> and he uh, proceeded to just gift them three goals on his own from, from my horrid memory. It's probably unfair on Harewood, but I, um, I, I think that's an unfair memory. I think yeah. he came on and we swiftly conceded three goals from a four, four, four one up. We were against Spurs and it ended up four all. Uh, yeah. Harewood did. Co- the goals did coincide with Harewood coming on. I don't no. think he was directly. No, no, he, 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 he gave away the penalty and he also, yeah. I remember quite vividly, he ran to the corner flag and it was that you know sort of counting down the minutes and he tried to play it off the Spurs defender and ended up completely miscuing it and kicked it out for a goal kick and they scored straight after that so yeah. okay I, so it wasn't I do, unfair to was completely a, blame him no I don't I don't think so I think that I think was it was very fair game. Uh, that was a mad game though a few of us were we were there Yarrick a few of us VBB lads li- all lived in London at the, at the time and we went by the the London Lions we were an official supporters uh, club I, I believe uh, which we mainly did just to get better access to away tickets, uh, but it worked. It worked well for us. It was uh, Spurs' 125th anniversary, so they gave us a special flag. Happy birthday! Uh, yeah, flag, 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 flag. Flags under they flags, were, flags under every seat, I believe, including the they away were end. A kind of, uh, they were wearing a kind of cod Blackburn kit, which is apparently the kit they wore for, wore for their force two of two to four years of their life or whatever. Um, and we were all singing "Happy Birthday, dear Tottenham" at forward up. Uh, and having a great time but it was a mad game and we were actually saying to each other even at 4-1 like I could see us throw this away we don't like it was a wide open game it was like exactly what you would expect of a 4-4 game terrible defending on both sides wide open uh, free-flowing game so yeah that was it was a fun memory for most of the game yeah Lawson got a brace Lawson Lawson got two Gabby and uh, he who shall not be named uh, dirty blue nose, uh, worse of oh, two two brothers. Oh, oh did I? Yeah, he scored, yeah, a, free, he free kick, scored, scored a free kick straight after half time, didn't he? I remember. And uh, the lifelong Villa Blues and Albion fan. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. 
yeah. I believe um I, be- I believe that was the season before the game that you're talking about Omar the one where Ashley Young scored and we won 2-1 uh is that I think I think that's around right because I think that the was season, O'Neill's no, the se- season after I I, I could, could I just tri- trip in with well it's interesting that we we mentioned Harewood being blamed for that 4-4 uh we all know about Bjorn Engels last season and then there's another one that sticks in my mind which is Marcus Allback in O'Leary's years uh, puts one nil up at White Hart Lane. It was a Sky Super Sunday. I remember this because it was like my mum. My mum got Sky, and it was a novelty for me to be watching Villa uh, on Sky Sports. And uh, yeah, Allback Allback put us in the lead, and then he did he did a horrible pass where he sort of uh, he, he, you know he 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 should have just held onto the ball while we were holding onto the one nil. But he tried he tried uh, he tried an ambitious pass, and it went straight to Spurs guy. They went up, scored one all, and then scored again for two one. Um, and O'Leary kind of just like froze him out after that. And I remember O'Leary proper hung him out to dry in the post-match interview. Um, and I think there's yeah, something about these Spurs. Right. Th- there's something about these Spurs games where individual players kind of kind of get their reputation tarnished. So I, I hope that doesn't happen on on Sunday. There was the uh, there was the game against Spurs when Angel missed a penalty and then scored a own goal, and then Barry scored that absolute worldie. Oh, that was also Spurs. That was also Spurs. Was yeah. that Spurs? Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. I was oh, yeah, I remember, I remember that, that game. Yeah, he scored he scored a, a near post header into his own net yeah. and then missed the penalty or the other way around. Um yeah. Solano. So does anyone remember Solano's goal? That that ridiculous that yeah. I was watching it back today and it was it's it's a really strange kind of volley. It's like a kind of karate spinning yeah. kung fu. Yeah, yeah. Harry Kane um, scored a free kick as well at Villa Park in one match in the last minute. Or towards the end of the game, I remember. Can't remember what year it was, um, but he must have been quite young. Sounds like just another heartbreak. Yeah, can't can't remember that specific one. Yeah, fair to say there's been uh, ups and downs against Spurs, uh, mainly downs in the last twenty or so games, as AJ mentioned. But yeah, trip down memory lane again. Um, some really fun memories, some not so fun memories, but. We move on, hoping to make uh, some new memories on on Sunday, starting with Sunday and uh, hopefully a win. We'll be back on Sunday or sorry, Monday, probably with uh, the lockdown lowdown. Chadzi and Jugsy will be back with me to review that game and hopefully we'll be back to winning ways and and pushing up the table again. Um, And hopefully, fingers crossed, Jack is back as well, which will obviously help. But thanks to boys again for, for joining me. Uh, and offering their insight, a really good preview, I thought, covering everything uh, from stats to memories to predictions. So I hope you found that interesting. Thank you for listening. Uh, usual spiel about, you know, please do subscribe and follow us on whatever podcast platform we're on. Follow us on Twitter as well, at Villa Podcast. If you've got any comments, queries, questions, thoughts on the podcast, etc., then please do tweet us on our twitter page that's the the main one that we check um i'll be putting up the the graphic that we talked about today that ages put together again um so if you want to refer to that as we're talking through the stats then please do uh, check that out and uh, yeah thanks again to the boys and thanks for listening and uh, up the villa up the villa up the villa up the villa I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it.